0: Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, back in action, Ryan Tige here at you live. This is the Best in Ball Show. Needed to jump on a microphone. This is just going to be a quicker update as it relates to some interesting things that I heard coming out of the state of the franchise that the Niners hosted, I believe, last week. But there's a couple clips that I think are important for people that maybe haven't heard or haven't uh, really paid attention when you're listening it. But there's some good shit coming out of there that I'm going to cover and give you guys a quick update on. All right, let's get it going. Okay, so as we look at some of these videos here, a couple things to think in mind, there's five clips. So there's not that many. Um, but there's definitely some good intel, some good uh, understanding about, you know, how they're looking at the off season. And when I say they, the front office, even Jed York, the owner was there, uh, Shanahan Lynch, of course. And then there was a couple players as well as uh, other staff members that you're going to hear from. But, these are just some key takeaways that I took that I think everybody would be interested in. And I'll go ahead and play some of those. So when we look at a couple of the videos, the first video we're going to take a look at is basically their assessment of play on both sides of the ball. John Lynch will be talking and he basically is going through, uh, the investments that they were willing to make, uh, on their D line, 2019 is the bar that was kind of set. And he take, there's some interesting things that, that he says in terms of like, there's a funny story at the end where he talks about how he has to go to Jed and ask for money to pay another big time player, uh, Jed to no surprise or very big surprise. Uh, he was all good with it. He was ready to roll. And, you know, I think it's always good to get insight, specifically from those in the front office, john lynch is a fucking stud so he always speaks well in in front of mike in front of people um so take a look at this video and uh, we'll talk about it after
1: we let 80 million dollars walk out the door this year 16 free agents guys like McGlenchy and jimmy garoppolo and uh help me out danny brunskill and jimmy wards of the world and 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 you know you you keep going but that's part of it and that's why you constantly have to be developing talent but what, what Kyle and I really uh, talked about, and we talked to our staffs long and hard, you kind of do the review of the previous year and you look at it every way. Kyle does something that's tremendous. Our offensive coaches watch our defense. Our defensive coaches watch our offense. They come back, they report. Our personnel's doing the same thing. And you try to get a grasp on where can we be better. And the thing we kept coming back to is on the defensive line, albeit the number one defense in football, played a really good defensive football. It was outstanding, but we felt like we had lost a little bit of our dominance on on uh, the D line. You know, when we, when you think back to the uh, 2019, and it was it was you know you when you were playing the Niners, you knew you were not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball on the run game. You were going to have people penetrate, and and we felt like despite playing such good defense we had maybe fallen off a little and we'd always you know when we first got together one of the core principles we really agreed on we're going to start up front on defense those guys are going to drive the bus and uh, that's what we had built and we felt like that had slipped a little some of that being injuries like to armstead but we knew we had to go get a difference maker and so when i got with jed you know one saturday at my house jed came over kyle and i had discussed Okay, you know, I felt like I was asking a girl on a date. Okay, here, here's here's how I'm going to start the meeting, Kyle. No, don't do it that way. Do it this way. <laughs> um, and I was at basically going to Father Confession, asking for money. And I said, Jed, like, it'd be a shame with this team to to sit on the sidelines. And Jed stopped me. He said, make sure it's a difference maker. And I said, okay, well, we're on the same page because we got one for you. <laughs> and that was Javon Hargrave. And uh,
0: Okay, so. Okay couple noticeable uh, things that I caught and kind of took away from it. Uh, The first and foremost is I loved hearing the insight that at the end of the season, the offensive coaches analyze the defensive coaches and the defensive coaches analyze the offensive coaches. That's something unique. I'd be curious to know how many other buildings around the NFL do something similar to that. Uh, But that was, that was interesting to me to, to learn about. And I think that's a a good evaluation process to make sure that uh, obviously who's better than analyzing the other side of the ball, the other side of the ball. Uh, The second thing I took away from that was I love the fact that they're staying true to the defensive line. They came in here preaching that day one, everything starts up front, everything starts up front and they are holding true to that, uh, which I love. And obviously they went out and got Javon Hargrave. The third thing I took away is it's pretty funny after all the success I get it in the beginning years they had some like two shitty seasons uh but outside of that bunch of NFC championships games Super Bowl appearance we all know that uh that they that John Lynch basically sounded like he was nervous as fuck to go and ask Jed York uh one time people were you know the one time owner that people were saying like sell the fucking team get out of here uh he's kind of turned baby face now and giving obviously uh John and Kyle what they want when they when they ask for it so that's obviously uh, a massive plus plus and i fucking love when the owner is invested into the team he actually wants to win it's not just a cash cow form or an investment that um you know he he's kind of more hands off so i thought that was pretty interesting that the fact that he he got scared like say this no don't say this like you would think after the success that they've had here and the run that they've had and are continuing to go on, uh, that, you know, it would just be kind of more of a regular conversation, I guess, but I guess it is still as boss it's very competitive. Um, all that kind of shit. Okay. That was clip one clip two: the CMC effect or AKA Drano. Uh, you'll hear about why I just said Drano with, offensive line coach and now run game coordinator, uh, Chris Furster, who side note, I think is the best O-line coach in the fucking game. I absolutely love this dude. Um, and he talks about what Christian McCaffrey brings to the table and not only just in games, but the work he puts in and how seriously and professional he takes, uh, he takes the off season like OTAs and what we've seen thus far. So let's take a listen.
2: Spring, he's out there when he doesn't have to going full speed, uh, beating himself up when he's not perfect in everything that he does. I mean, he just brought a level of whatever he needed to do to help this team to get better. He worked as hard as he could at it, and he's a guy that's always looking to get better. He's always looking for that edge. He's always looking for what can I do that to be just a little bit better. And he, he, he got here and didn't realize that he'd never really been coached as much in how to run the ball as Kyle coached him. And he, he accepted that coaching and, and got better as the year went on, and, and, and he, he brings everybody else up. You take him, and, and, and you know, we have the saying, Kyle, Kyle came up with it in Washington, we, a guy that always seems to find the right hole, we ended up nicknaming this guy Drano. <laughs> because, you know, he always finds the drain, you know, and, and that's, Christian does it, but he does it with elite athleticism, elite speed, and everything else, toughness, physicality, he's always going to find the right hole, when you think it's blocked for one, he's going to find a way to get three or four, he always finds that, then you take, and he does it with a, with a shiftiness and elusiveness, and then you take Elijah Mitchell, I mean, when, when he was out and came back, Trent Williams, he, he said, he said, I didn't know who was carrying the ball. You know, we're up there blocking the rope. The back's rotated, and Elijah was well. He said, all of a sudden, you're here, bam, bam, bam. And Trent was like, <laughs> it was like somebody was throwing garbage cans around out there when Elijah's <laughs> running. So then you got CMC. You got Elijah doing that. Then you have Juice, who adds something that, you know, he can line up anywhere on the field. He's a challenge for everybody. Then even when we had, the, you know, guys were dinged up. You have um, uh, Mason. Mason. Um, And, again, we got Ty, guys, young guys coming along well that are learning from these guys, which that running back room, I mean, they make us look good. I mean, the old line, we're up there doing the best we can. We obviously have an elite player at our left tackle position, but these guys are all guys, all the skill players. I'll say 10 out of 10 times you give us the skill, and we'll find a way up front to get in their way enough to let those skill guys do their job.
0: I fucking love that, dude. Uh, So a couple key takeaways uh, from that one as we keep the theme going here is – the part when he mentioned that Christian McCaffrey hasn't really gotten coached as much as he's been coached by Kyle Shanahan. Uh, for those who hate on Kyle Shanahan, that's your own opinion. I don't know if it's going to change at this point. Uh, I am a big time proponent and believer in Kyle Shanahan and what he's done since since he's been here and turning this franchise around. But you know that that absolutely makes sense. Christian McCaffrey was Jesus coming out of uh, out of Stanford, and then obviously had an incredible run the first couple of years. Like you know, he had the uh, thousand yards catching a thousand yards, uh, thousand yard receiving a thousand yards, rushing in one season, All Pro. Um, you know, I still think we're going to see the best of Christian McCaffrey. Before I even heard that, that was a thought that I have been pretty adamant about that the yet the best is yet to come uh, as it relates to CMC. and you know when when a player is that good immediately coming into the league, coaches, depending on who they are, whether it's if, if it's a new coach or you know whatever it is, Christian, you can look at it as he is the least of your worries, right? He's already a fucking boss. He's gonna go out there and perform. And then you have other guys who may just be not as. Uh, not as focused or intentional with their coaching, because again, he's already so good. His family, he, his dad was in the NFL. um. So I think that was very, very interesting to hear. And I fucking love it. And I'm telling you with this full off season for the first year for Christian McCaffrey, we are going to see this dude ball. Number one fantasy pick, I think for a lot of leagues. Uh, shit. If I got the first pick, I would take him. But That was very interesting to hear on uh, Chris Furster talking about the CMC effect. Uh, And then also I loved hearing the Elijah Mitchell. So Elijah Mitchell is going to be back healthy this year. And it was, I thought it, I I found it actually pretty insightful how he compares the two specifically coming from Trent Williams saying it sounded like garbage cans where it means that dude fucking runs downhill with force, violent, which obviously uh, is part of the reason he gets hurt. But. Those are who the Niners, uh, front office love. So that was, uh, that was a great clip. So moving on third clip, special teams coach Brian Schneider. Uh, I think this was, uh, this was pretty cool to hear the workout, the pro day workout that they did with pick number 99, Jake Moody, uh, and kind of the different scenarios or stress tests that he put Jake Moody in. So take a look at this one. And, uh, Let's find out how that pro day went with Schneid's.
2: Which leads to, to Jake Moody, number 99 overall. Tell our audience about the workout that you had with the bad snaps and everything that sold you on taking Jake.
3: Yeah, um, you know, we looked at 27 guys coming out of college, and some of those were looked at really quick. But there were 25 guys that we evaluated, and we kind of shrunk it down to the top three in our minds. And so when you get there, that's where you really want to go. Look at him and see it live and do everything. And so I went to see Jake, and uh, it, it was cool. A lot, a of, lot of kickers. All kickers would like to kick off sticks. If you've seen a kicker, just stick, hold the ball up there. He lines up, take his time, and uh, they all want to do it that way. So at his pro pro day, where all the NFL goes there, he kicked off sticks and was 12 for 13, and I think he missed a 58-yarder. So that's. That's what kind of talent he is, when he can just line up there and kick. So I definitely wanted to see the whole operation. So the first task I do is I try to get him to get a long snapper, and conveniently, a lot of them over the years can't find one. But I don't care what the long snapper looks like. I just want to see how they react in, in, a, in a, as live as you can get, as close as you can get, and just see how they react to different things. So uh, he got two long snappers that were backups and his holder there, and so that was a workout. We went through it, and uh, it was great right off the bat. Balls are everywhere. They're, they're, there's no spirals. The the holder's all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jake's hitting a lot of them. He's making a lot, most of them, but they're not clean. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And the only thing I cared about was Jake and his I, – I didn't even care about the kick because that's on film. I get all that. I wanted to see his reaction to everything because it was frustrating for him. And then uh, – so then I'd take off the the long snipers and have to go just on sticks and – that kind of threw it off his timing. So it was, it was was great. I wish every workout I ever did these elements.
0: All right. Schnadz. Uh, he seems like a cool dude guy. you would like to have a a beer with or something. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I, I definitely don't know much about kickers, let alone really the kind of behind the scenes, uh, specifically for like special teams and shit. Uh, this, this gave some good insight, right? So I think, uh, on another interview, I heard Schneid's a little bit more loose with how he told the story. Basically, as he's talking about the long snapper, he said, you know, coincidentally, all the long snappers that were there really weren't long snappers and they were kind of dog shit, which he loved. And that was fascinating to hear that, uh, you know, instead of kicking off sticks, let's get a long snapper and let's get the shittiest long snapper uh, that we can find to, again, kind of put. Moody under some stress testing. Uh it sounds like regardless of the uh of the kicking situation that we had with Robbie Gold, it sounded like they were pretty determined to move forward with without Robbie this season, probably because of too much money. Um and hearing that they, you know, they evaluated 21, threw out a bunch, uh, and really kind of drilled in on three. Jake Moody sounds like a fucking dog, dude. Uh, I'm excited, to, I'm excited to see what he does and how. Uh, you know, he can, he can pick up essentially where, where Robbie gold left off, uh, hearing that when, how he just pinpoint accuracy in between the numbers and the sideline. And then in front of the the goal line and how he did it, both sides. And, you know, I think that that whole story about the workout that Schneids put through Jake Moody. And then of course, you know, what he did at Michigan and the, the, the leg that he has just kicking bombs that was, that was cool to hear. And I'm excited again, to see, to see what he'll do. Cause all I know, just don't fuck it up. Please just don't fuck it up. If it's a 58 yard or 50 plus. Okay. You can miss one every now and then, but game winners and anything, you know, sub 48 yards, let's just kick it through the goal post, bud. All right. So, uh, that was clip three, move it on to clip four, clip four. Steve Wilks. So new defensive uh, coordinator, Steve Wilks talks about the state of the defense and kind of what he has seen since first arriving here, which isn't that long ago, uh, talking about how the culture, 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 culture. And after seeing OTAs just a short amount of time that he's had with the defensive players, he gets it. He understands why we got a bunch of fucking dogs on that side of the ball. And let's listen to what he thinks uh, he's going to implement, as well as his thoughts based off his initial reaction around the fellas.
2: What do you see from your defense? Well,
4: everything we do starts up front. And um, to inherit a defense like this, uh, to me, is a blessing. You know, I've, I've had some opportunities to be a part of some great defenses over, over the years, but nothing like this. And when you talk about Bosa, so you talk about Eric, you talk about Ken Law. Uh, You talk about Hargraves, who we signed, uh, probably the best uh, defensive line in the National Football League, you know, our linebacking core. You you mentioned Fred, who's going to come up here. Uh, These guys, and just let me tell you something about the culture and how these guys work. Uh, I came in phase one, and I'm just blown away. I'm talking about blown away at the way these guys go about their craft. I mean, you would think it's the season, the way these guys are working around here. Then we hit the fill on phase two and you just see the intensity increase even more. now we're in the OTAs. So, again, you know, from afar, you see the great things are happening here. But then now being here in person, it's like, OK, I get it.
0: I get it. I get it, too, Wilkes. Uh you know, I'd be I'd be really curious to find out. We never will, but how bought in he was to this defensive scheme before he came here. Obviously, uh, Shanahan and Lynch made that a prerequisite that we're not going to fuck around with our defense. Our defense was already number one last year. Uh, we've been on a roll on defense. We got a bunch of studs everywhere. We want to keep our scheme consistent. And you know, he mimicked everything starts up front. Everything starts up front. Although I know that Wilkes has a DB background, which I think, honestly, is perfect. Uh, Outside of Mooney, you know, we, well, and I guess our safeties, our our team is just fucking loaded, dude. But I think it will help uh, tremendously bringing a focus onto the back end of the ball. A tremendous focus with really a tremendous focus on the back end of the ball, the secondary, we still got young players there. Uh, Obviously we drafted uh, Jair Brown, who's a young player. So I think that's, that's huge because, you know, D'Amico Rhines was, was linebackers. I'm pretty sure Sala was linebackers as well too. Um, And we already have a stud defensive line coach who we all know about. Uh, But I think, bringing a new perspective with an emphasis on the DBs. Good luck. Good luck uh, to the rest of the league, but talking about the culture and seeing how everyone just handles their business and the passion that they play with and the energy, the fact that he is saying that you would think it was the regular season. I'm telling you, this is the fucking year. And hearing that is just music to my ears. And He also seems like like a pretty legit dude. Uh, Again, curious to find out how bought in he would be into our scheme. And he didn't really get to bring it on anybody's staff. But, dude, you're getting handed the keys to a Ferrari. Just don't fucking crash it, which I 100 percent with everything inside me uh, believe that. He's going to elevate this defense And one of the key kind of components I hear about him is he is aggressive with the linebackers, we got the D line, literally everybody. If we run some more blitzes, some more exotic packages, again, good luck. And the last clip, this clip really wasn't any for key takeaways. It was more just for uh, fun, but it's Chris Furster again, my guy, offensive line run game coordinator, talking about the 49er faithful and how juiced he is Uh, to be a part of it in the fact that we have flipped our stadium when we weren't that good uh, to now becoming good and truly making Levi Stadium uh, a home field advantage when when we're playing there and I guess uh, we'll take a look at that and play the clip I say
2: this guys this is my third time this is the first time I've ever had the chance to be in front of what I consider the faithful okay and I would yes sir yes sir I was here in 2008-9, and then they got rid of me. Then I came in 15, and they got rid of me again. And then they brought me back in 19, and I'm hanging on now, right? I'm, He's a boomerang. I'm hanging on. But I'll say this. The one thing about it, I've been on nine different teams over 30 years and there's nothing like the faithful. You guys, and I'm not saying that because I'm here tonight, whether it was a candlestick, wherever it's been, I look at this crowd every week. There's no better place to play. You are the reason that this thing is beating like it is here. I love it, okay?
0: Chris Furster should have been in front of a microphone and cameras a long time ago. I fucking love this, dude. Uh, and I had no idea that he was here 2008, 2009. I do remember hearing his name in 2015, uh, although I wasn't super focused on the uh, offensive line. That's more of a, a, of a newer thing where I like looking at every aspect of the ball. Uh, and for him to say that been on nine other teams, that's sweet. And I, I know he says, you know, it's not just, I'm not just saying this cause I'm here, I want to know how real that is, but this guy seems like a no-nonsense, no-bullshit type dude, and that was that was fun as hell to, to listen to. Niner fans, we out here, and I am excited to see training camp start and how the season's going to go. Uh, I'm going to do a, a later video before we kicks off the preseason as to why I personally, and I'm not one of these people that say it, I'm a realist, I'm not necessarily an optimist, about why I think this is the year the Niners can do it, can win it all. And I will break that down in detail. But all that being said, that's it, y'all. Tune in, subscribe, like, all that shit that you guys hear from every other videos. I really appreciate it. Drop a comment in there. Love uh, love, kind of obviously conversing back and forth with uh, other fans or haters, whichever one you guys want to be. But uh, yeah, pick it, up, it up, Bruce. pick it up. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and get it up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the
4: bus.
0: You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car and get it up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bus.